Memory. Passion. Alone. Mourn. Guilt. Loneliness. Regret. Peace. Relationships. Unfamiliar. If you put God first, you'll never be last. This is Grief at the Cookout, hosted by DiCarlo Raspberry. Hello, family. Welcome to Grief at the Cookout, and for a very special episode honoring the mother. So first and foremost, happy Mother's Day. Dr. Maya Angelou stated, and I quote, to describe my mother would be to write about a hurricane in all its perfect power. And I believe that that stands true to this very day. In this episode, I am joined by two amazing gentlemen who pays an amazing tribute to their mother, James and Brax Toller. Both James and Brax are natives of Washington, D.C. and professionals in their own right. James, also a colleague of mine, is a professional actor, worship leader, and currently serves as a learning and organizational effectiveness consultant at Kaiser Permanente. Brax is a well-known and sought-after DJ for over 30 years, an avid traveler, certified scuba diver, skier, and in-house producer for So So Deaf in the early 2000s. Come on in, join us, get you something to drink, as these two brothers share their joy, pain, process, and laughter through stories as they celebrate the amazing life of their queen, Mrs. Laverne Arnetta Martin Toller. James and Braxton, welcome to the cookout, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. I'm glad you all are here. Welcome, welcome. This is great, you all. This is our Mother's Day episode, and we are in for a treat. We have two gentlemen here who happen to be brothers, blood brothers at that. And so I'm just glad that we're brothers. (laughs) We're happy and we're singing and we're colored. Come on, James. Give me a high five. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, gentlemen, in real true grief at the cookout fashion, the question I always ask my guests are, what is your favorite cookout food? Ambrosia salad. No, I'm just kidding. Uh Uh-uh. Don't you play with me. (laughs) Anytime you put mayonnaise in the salad, that's... (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, My favorite cookout food, would probably be my mother's salmon on the grill. Ooh. Now that's new because we ain't not, I don't remember no salmon growing up at the cookout. Oh yeah. Oh, With y'all the had uh, Reynolds wrap bag. <laughs> she would she would do like onions and a marinade and it'd be on that grill all day. Oh, y'all had a bougie cookout. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I don't even want to answer after that now. It's like, all right. Oh, no, come on, Brax. Come on, bring it. Bring now they, it bring yeah, because, I mean, if we're talking like traditionally, traditionally it's the the uh, the baked beans, the the, the vegetarian okay. baked beans. But now it's like, it's like, you know, how much time do we have? Because, you know, I'm going to. You, you, you got time, sir. Okay, because no I can go off limit. on tangents. In, in my, okay, <laughs> no. I can go off on tangents. Go so, 
<laughs> right now it's 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 veggie burgers. So you know I'm I'm I've been a uh, you know sort of vegetarian pescatarian for the past like twenty years. So so now it's veggie burgers. But I got you know uh, pun intended. I got a beef though. I got a beef because what happens is. You have all of these non-vegetarians coming in and like, oh, I want to try a veggie burger. But you know there's only like one pack of Morningstar there. There's only one right, pack. Right. And they're eating up all our food and we can't eat their food. So I don't know, bro. I, I may switch up to like like vegan pork pig feet or something like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> if they even have such a thing. <laughs> so Chicken. Chicken. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I don't do nobody's pig feet. Y'all can keep that. Nah, vegan Ooh. pig feet. <laughs> They have that? Nah, man. I'm just making that <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Okay. I told you, well, Carla. Based off of those answers, I don't even know what's getting ready to happen. So, y'all just put the seatbelts yeah, on. We just, we, just, we just chopping it up. That's all. We just chopping it up. Oh, I love it. That's good. That's good. Now, that's new. But the, um, but the salmon, though. I'm Yeah, that's new. Yeah, we bougie. I guess I'm going to just do crab legs at my next one. So, you know how we do. <laughs> oh, you didn't but even mention I'm, that. Okay. I mean, no, no, you, see, you bougie too. See. Crab legs? Come on, bro. I crab legs, <laughs> shrimp. I mean, crab cakes. Did you say shrimp with a, with a C? Yeah. Like scrimp? Scrimp. Okay, all right. That's what I thought you said. All right. <laughs> that part. I ain't going to do this with you today, bro. <laughs> that part. Scrimp. Okay. My James, bad. I thought you was a mess. Your brother's a man. <laughs> I told you. you oh my goodness. This is <laughs> this is funny. I love it. So gentlemen, you know, as I said before, this is our Mother's Day episode with Mother's Day coming upon us. Um and So happy Mother's I, Day. Yeah, happy all Mother's Day. All the all the mothers out there listening. Happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day, all the the fake out mothers, the aunties, you mm-hmm. know, grandmothers. If you got a godson, a goddaughter, a godchild, all of that. Happy Mother's yep. Day. I appreciate that. Thank you, Brax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, exactly. I'm going to have to hire you to come on every time. All right. Come that? on. We'll, we'll chop it up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is Grief at the Cookout. And I, because I am friends with James, James is also a colleague of mine. Um, I'm meeting Braxton, his brother, through James. Just call me Brax. Um, Brax. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do that. It rolls off the tongue easy. Brax. (laughs) Brax. And uh, James, uh, I had saw last year that James had lost his mom. Uh, And I do recall many uh, texts that James and I had had uh, concerning his mom and lifting her up in prayer, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I had learned of her transition. I actually learned of it through Crystal uh, when we were at the theater. And I was at a loss for words because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to how to move. I didn't know anything. And I guess that's because, you know, folks, I lost my dad, as you all know. But I, I don't know how it feels to lose a mom. And just losing a parent in general just does something to a person. It makes your, your whole outlook different. It, it makes you see things differently. And so hearing that he lost his mom, it kind of just reenacted me feeling and having those feelings of losing my dad. So gentlemen, just, you know, we're going with the flow here. 
just talk to me a bit about mom and let's just go into the story. You know, what's interesting to Carlo, I was just thinking, I was like, wow, when you met my mom, it was literally months before she started feeling something. Mm. So you met her probably at the end of 2019. So we weren't in the pandemic yet. And uh, right after you met her, I always like to start this story off with my mom. It's And it's one of her kind of last stories. Like, you know, they, they always say your ladder will be your greater. Well, my mom's ladder was her greater. Um, probably a week or two after you met her, we took, which now that I think about it, it kind of gives me chills, that this was our last, well, excuse me, it was our first all-encompassing family vacation in Braxton, I don't know how many years, Ex- probably 25. Except for that one guy, he don't like to fly. <laughs> yeah, my, my brother-in-law it was the only one who didn't come. But we, we love all him, took we a love trip. Him. We do. Um, when the when the bodyguard closed, which DiCarlo and I uh, were in together, um, uh, the show, uh, we took a family trip to Costa Rica. And uh, so it was the that Thanksgiving. Bodyguard closed beginning in November. We A couple weeks later, we were in Costa Rica. I said, to know my mom is to know, because my mom has a November birthday, which is kind of significant when we get into this a little bit more. We'll talk about how significant that played in her transition. Um, but uh, my mom had just turned, what, Braxton, 72? 2019. In 2019? Yeah. Yeah, 72 years young. And I stress the years young because we get to Costa Rica and mom wants to live her best life. And when I say live her best life, this 72-year-old woman... And she doesn't look like that. So I, no. I'm just... Okay. <laughs> the epitome of black don't crack. Because I didn't even know your mother was that old. You know, that young. I'm sorry. You know, she didn't look like she was 72. Go no. ahead, ma'am. Yeah. Ahead. The 17-year-old woman... 17? 72. 72-year-old woman... All right. Took... And one of her excursions took a horse ride on the side of a volcano and then ziplined down the volcano at 72 years young. And I don't know many people that are 20 years younger than her, 30 years younger than her that would do that. Yeah, I mean, we're talking Um, we're talking crossing over like 200 foot gorges and waterfalls like. Like, yeah. It, 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 it wouldn't have been me. There was some height on that thing. There was some height on that thing. So, And wow. she did it fearlessly. So, And even before then, like getting ready, she wanted to kind of get in shape for that. And so I had been kind of training my mom and my dad in in uh, in the little gym that, <clears throat> excuse me, gym that we had. And I literally had my mom, well, my dad, he tried to do it. But I had my mom doing burpees at over 70. She was literally doing like 10 burpees um, every every session. So like just to give you a, a testimony to like what type of woman she was in her latter years. So she she did not stop. She did not let anything stop her. She she lived life all the way to the end. So that was her. 
And then, yeah, I mean, yeah, but but then you ask, what type of woman was she, or or you know, tell me a little bit about your mom. I mean, she has so much history. Um, there there were so many titles that she held besides mother, sister, daughter, uh, protester. Um, <laughs> I, I can't say felon. <laughs> <laughs> She was locked up. She was locked up, but I won't. She I won't, was locked up. I won't well, say she was cause, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um, entre- good trouble. Good trouble. Yeah, good trouble. Uh, entrepreneur, teacher, um, influencer, uh, fashionista. Just, yeah. just so many titles that she held. Um, to, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, there's so many stories. I mean, there's. It, it, she's not here to hit me now, but. Um, Trafficker, I can also put that one on there too. <laughs> well, look, you got to do. Yeah, what we you might gotta have to do. I have to break that have one to down. Tell that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, she that's, she she did it all though. That's amazing. It's it's great to. I think one of the things that I'm most impressed about uh, with you both is the uh, testament of your mother and looking at such of the wonderful memories that you have um, and being able to talk about this within the time span of when, you know, her, of when she transitioned, if that makes sense. Uh, Because I, you know, speaking for myself, I probably couldn't do that. I'll probably be like, come talk to me in about two years and then we can kind of see where I am, you know, but it's, um, just to hear you all laugh and talk about your mom and just to hear the such of the joy, you know, it kind of makes you wonder when, where did the grief happen? Um, did it happen earlier on hearing upon her uh, diagnosis and James, I, you know, I don't want to tell too much, but you know, that's something that I would love to hear you talk about or did it happen after her transition, you know, in, in my opinion, you know, just and this is just my opinion. I'm not a professional when it comes to grief, mm-hmm. but you know, I thought about this before I came on this show and I was thinking there are there're really two types of of losses, so to speak, you know, or or two categories when it comes to like the timeline of the loss. There's the loss that you know that's coming and you have time to prepare, and then there's the sudden loss. Um, mm-hmm. That one, in, in my opinion, the sudden loss is, is represents a more tragic narrative. That you know, you there's there's so many the regrets start playing through your head. Like what was what was not said, what was not done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were lucky enough to be on the other side where we were given a timeline, so we knew what was coming. And approximately when it was coming, you know, it, it, it never comes. Um, it, it's always it's always too soon. But Absolutely. but but with that, with that, you know, and, and it kind of lends into what you said, you know, when did the grief begin? You know, the grief kind of began with the I would say in, in my point of view, you know, she she had the diagnosis and it was it was it was cancer. It was stage four. And there, you know, they, they put her on some, uh, what was it called? Uh, immunotherapy drugs. Um, basically stuff that had just come off. State of the art. Yeah. 
FDA uh, approval, like like no more than right. like a couple of years ago. And I think I think to you know to loop back to your question, the grief started when that it was after maybe a three month period that the first test came back and they weren't showing that much progress. So it's kind of for me, it was kind of setting in as like okay, I know there's other options such as chemo, and I've seen what that uh, does to people you know, firsthand because my, my mom lost her, one of her best friends, um, a couple of years prior and she was going through chemo. So when the, the grief kind of kicked in and it's like, all right, you know, I think it was like early spring last year. And my sister said, all right, you know, let's, let's see if we can plan one more trip for the summer, you know, kind of knowing in our minds that, you know, this may be it, this may be the time for my mom to transition. So like I said, we, we were lucky to be on that, that, that uh, that other option of of um, of the timeline where we kind of knew, so we we were able to process through um, through that with the time that we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even though it did, it, it definitely did take her very fast. Um, because what Braxton she got the diagnosis say April March March or April around my birthday March of twenty twenty yeah March of twenty twenty one, and we lost her. Um, November 15th of 2021. So, I mean, it, it, the cancer took her very, very quickly in, as, as far as my estimation goes. Um, I know there are people that uh, live with cancer, uh, survive with cancer for many years, but uh, yeah. So, um, I, I would agree with my brother in saying that, yeah, definitely in the beginning, the initial diagnosis, even after the diagnosis um, of the of the spindle cell cancer, which is a, a rare form of cancer that she couldn't have prevented from getting, um, I think we all kind of, I mean, because there's three of us, there's my brother and I and our sister, and, and my dad, we all kind of were figuring it out individually. Um, as far as our grief goes, mm-hmm. our, all of our grief was extremely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's well, that's true. So that's nothing that's unheard of as, you know, people do grieve. Did now I know I know we're talking about you both, but how is dad doing? How is he doing, or how how yeah, did how he is do? He doing? Um, it, no, it's kind of it's kind of well. Let, both that's a okay. that's that's a good two yeah. question, twofold. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's I, I don't I don't know if there's there's much difference by how how did he do and how is he doing because it it just reverts back to and you know and I thank you for having this because what you're doing is is addressing uh something that has been taboo or not freely allowed in the the black community as far as like black males too so so my dad my dad comes from that that social social construct where it's it's not allowed or or it's you know you 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 know you keep the stone face while you grieve and um and or, or you you know you laugh you you joke you you uh you you deflect so um so for the most part, yeah, that was that was him. He he had, you know, a lot of statements. I remember like the, you know, when when he came back cuz he was out 
of um, he was running some errands when I was with my mom when she passed, and he came back and it was like his first comment. He's like, "Hey, you fought a good fight," and you fought a good fight. So, so yeah, he he kind of just it was like, you know, just kind of flat. He would joke. He would tell you know uh, jokes about it, but none of the like I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm hurt. No breaking down. No crying. Yeah, no. Nah. Have you seen him cry, Braxton? I haven't seen him. Cry. Now, now, yeah, but now that he's in in the house by himself, I don't know what happens in his private moments. I hope he's able to process. I hope he's able to allow himself to freely process. So, um, like I said again, thank you for for having this forum for where we address this. So, mm-hmm. it's it very interesting that when my mom was still with us, um, I remember a conversation when we, all of us were together and I forgot who asked my dad that when my mom uh, transitioned, what did he want to do? Did he want to stay in the house? Did he want to go live with one of us? And, you know, my dad didn't even really miss a beat. He's like, no, I don't think I want to stay here. Mm. I don't think I'm, you know, I, and, and, and that's where, where where he's transitioning to he's gonna move in with my sister and her family um shortly so i don't know like that that to me i don't know why that touched my heart but it really did because it showed a sign of vulnerability it did that he didn't have to be strong at that moment to say no i i don't want to stay by myself and that's and that's Mm -hmm. all you're going to get from him (laughs) son son of a uh son of a of a coal miner so (laughs) Tough as nails. But just to hear that from, you know, your father and to hear that from a father figure and knowing how taboo death is and grief is that we don't talk about, like you said, in in our community, it's very interesting that he made that decision. And, you know, it makes me wonder, you know, upon hearing the diagnosis for himself, how did he process his own thoughts? leading up you know to mom's transition um it's it's interesting to to hear that now brax you said something that i have to address and then i'm gonna go back because i have (laughs) i have a couple of questions (laughs) you said that you were there when mom transitioned yes were you by yourself i I was too you was you was too you was there i was there too okay can't forget the middle child you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay but me 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 i was in a I, look right i was in a meeting in the in the living room braxton was actually ooh, braxton was actually in the room. with he was the only person there with my mother when she transitioned okay. so so yeah we we were we were both at my parents house my dad as i mentioned before he was out running errands um james had been in the room in her bedroom um with me and we were kind of just working from there. We were working from our parents' house. James had to take a meeting, so he stepped out, took took the meeting. Um, I had to take a meeting too, so I don't know. It, she was resting at the time. She wasn't. It wasn't awake, um, but still breathing. So I went out and took the took the call in the other room, but. Something said, oh, I, you know, this isn't a t- call I have to talk on. I can just go back in and uh, and mute the TV and sit in there because the TV was on. So I went back in 
and was in there for a little bit and you know always constantly looking over at my mom just just checking her i mean she was heavily medica- medicated at the time so um you know there wasn't much going on so i don't know if the, she had any needs but you know if she did you know i would be there for her. and um you know I looked over and um just noticed that she wasn't breathing anymore the, the oxygen machine was going on so i just kind of collected myself i was like all right well gotta do what you gotta do so check her pulse and no pulse so and mm. you know so i was like gave her a kiss said thank you mom and said james you gotta come in yep yeah so he i was on a meeting and braxton walked in the room and you know the look mm-hmm. <laughs> there mm-hmm. was braxton didn't even have to say anything um he did you know he said she's gone but I looked up, and Braxton and I caught eyes, and all he did was was give us a look. It's it's kind of interesting that my sister wasn't there because my sister, she she was she did not really leave my mother's side that often. Yeah, um, the whole the entire, time, the entire duration. We felt guilty because because the amount of yeah. work and time she her her mother instinct like you know as. Treat, oh treating goodness. like her mom like as as if she was one of her kids like kicked in and, and it and it went hard i mean like nonstop. so i can't say so enough about just, her she just happened to have to do uh, i think she was closing on a refi of her house that day so mm. of the only day that my sister was not going to be there and and you know i know well this is kind of jumping around but this is one of the things that as a family, as a black family, um, you don't hear too much about. Because the first thing that happened when my mom got the diagnosis, we all kind of sprang into action as far as who would take care of what. Yeah. And um, whether it be health care, whether it be her affairs, whether it be... Um, just anything we all took our role and it kind of just happened very organically there was no arguing which is very rare for any family um there was no arguing (laughs) you you know james i think um our our careers played a part in this (laughs) because we we have all you know in our careers pretty much been project managers so it's like we just went into, you know, it's like it's it's almost I, I'm not saying it's the best thing to do, but it's like whoop, emotions were cut off. Let's go into go mode. Let's go into let's manage this as a project and get it done because it, it needs to get done. So it's like we, we, we left the emotions out and and operated. And um, I have to say my 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 lady that was, you know, she was she was there. Um, through part of it and was just like, wow. It was like, I'm super impressed at how your family just just operates and and just, you know, gets things done that needed to be done in such a mo- in an emotionally taxing situation. So, yeah. And can we say that it's safe to say that mom instilled that? That Absolutely. Type of, um, characteristic 100%. three. Yep. You know, and, and, and even dad, like in your upbringing. And I think that 
You, I ain't going to sit up here and lie and say that there was not no argument when my dad passed, although it wasn't between his only two sons. Uh, it was it was other family members, you know, that that did that type of arguing. So to kind of hear to hear that, like you said, James, it, it, it says a lot about our community because we don't hear about the families that say, you know what? Mom and dad taught us how to function this way. We this is what we do and, you know, work-wise, career-wise. So we know how to function. And sometimes, like you said, Brax, it, all it takes is that moment of, of acknowledgement to say, you know what, I need to move my emotions to the side for a moment and I need to focus on what needs to get done so that we have a clear plan of how to take care of our mother. Now, you know, to, to, and you just, you just sparked another thought. Now, let me not paint let us not paint this picture as as perfect because mm-hmm. it was not it was not there were there were some things that there were some strong disagreements on um one as in, there should be one in particular and and I'm going to I'm going to talk about it because I I feel you know it's if it's going to help others then let's talk about it um and James knows where I'm going with this um it was it was the disseminate you know because you talked about arguments with you know that you may have had with your brother and outside the family so yeah that's the part that part right there um the communication of my mom's condition outside the family um especially when it come came to my my dad's side and he had he had a bigger family than than my mother. My mom, my mom only had one brother. My my dad had uh, five brothers and sisters. That's right, James. Right, five or six of them. Six, six. Well, he was the six. So there's no. He's the seven. Two. Okay. Okay. All right. Bunny. All right. Fine. Seven. <laughs> six. <laughs> All right. You know, Pookie and them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but he 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 immediately set up a communication block um, and told all of us, he's like, no one is to say anything to any of my brothers and sisters. And, and that communication, that, that radio silence, that communication block was, was in place um, until, until she passed. Correct. Which, you know, in, 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 in my, in my, you know, it's like, in my my thinking and my processing, I was like, "This is not fair. This is not fair at all." Because, like, it goes back to what I said before. There's the you know, there's the sudden loss, and then there's the 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 loss that you know is coming, the gradual loss. And right. you have just created a situation where you presented a sudden loss to your brothers and sisters, her nieces and nephews. Not fair to me. And I express my opinion on that, but. My mom said it's his family and that's how he wants to run it. So, you know, had to follow mom. If mom says, it goes. Because if mom didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> then it would have been a different thing. Open season. <laughs> so, so question, did he ever, this is interesting, one, that you said that. Because uh, just like briefly with my dad is just my, my eldest brother, my dad's son we have different moms and then it's me i'm the youngest uh since our grandmother is living and she's in her right mind you know we kind of gave her the um 
somewhat the lead if I don't want to say the authority because it really was up to us, but we gave her the lead on this whole process, the, the whole process with my dad. What she did do, which is interesting that she said, she created a communication block. Now I know why she created that communication block and that was for keeping up appearances. How, how uh, did it, where, where did that communication block span to? Ooh, that, that communication block spanned it, it expanded to my dad's brothers and sisters mm. that were not of my grandmother. My wow. grandfather, Ooh. my dad's dad, he had a couple of love children. Right. <laughs> and he had other children. And uh, one sibling in particular, my dad and it, it was his sister, they didn't always see eye to eye. But at this point, if, if a man is lying on his deathbed, then... You can't stop a sibling from seeing their brother or seeing, you know, their sister. And so she created this block for my dad's side of the family uh, where there was like a, a code to get into the hospital to go upstairs to his room. Uh, mind you, we didn't know her grandsons, his sons, we didn't know nothing about this. This is something that she had created. And so what it did was it caused a riff between my dad's side of the family and her. Uh, although there has always been a riff, it, it, it made it bigger. And then it caused a riff between me and her and my brother and her. Yeah. Now, and, and so my question is, did he ever give his reasoning for why he wanted that communication block? James, you want to take he that? He said, yeah, okay. I mean, he said he didn't want the <laughs> Not drama. Not your face. Not your face. <laughs> what did he say? He, he said he didn't want the drama because it's, it's interesting, his family dynamic, the boys are on the bookends, right? Mm -hmm. So my brother, my dad has an older half-brother. They all have the same mother, different fathers, right? So my dad, an older half-brother, he's passed. You got my dad, who's, I'm the oldest, right? And then his baby brother, and then all girls in between. Oh. So my dad said he didn't want the drama. Like, for instance, one of my aunts, like, I guess once she found out, because Braxton... <laughs> Braxton did speak to some of the cousins. <laughs> uh, What's I mean, I, tr nah, truth be told, I only spoke to one cousin, James. One, one cousin. One. Okay. The other one. one the other one just did some deduction that I had nothing to do, and that one cousin held his word completely. He did. He did. Um, but uh, my dad played a message from my aunt and. You couldn't even understand the message. Well, well but well, well, the the, the thing is, um, DeCarlo, you spoke about, you know, there was a a code to get into the hospital, right? Yeah. So, yeah. The, you're saying that the the part of the family that was in the communication block, they knew he was in the hospital. So us, we knew my my grandmother, her side of the family knew what was going on but everyone on my dad's side of the family didn't know i mean there was wild did they know he was in the hospital they didn't know he was in the hospital okay okay yeah because didn't know he was in the hospital and 
ones who did know was told that he was in the hospital for like, I think one of the stories was for a sinus infection. Mm-hmm. Um, but the man had a stroke. So like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was those types of things. Okay. Cause, cause in this situation that my dad's brothers and sisters, they, they didn't even know that she was ill. They just, and, and, and that's why, when James talk about talks about that that one that kind of leaked out, it was a deduction. It's like, okay, it's been about six months. We have not heard or seen your wife. Wow. So they're like, so that's James. You take it. That's when. <laughs> I mean, but how? I guess you know. Sometimes we don't understand why uh, the elders do what they do. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, and and I guess from his perspective, like you said, James, drama and him knowing, you know, I know how my family is. and I know it's going to be extra and I know it's going to be this. But Brax, to your point, like we like you said, when it comes to death, we can't keep people. We have to let people know. I I think it's only right to let them know. And and we know some people are going to be extra. And you got that one aunt that's going to want to pray and speak in tongues the whole time. And yes. you're going to have the other one that's just going to drink the whole time. Yes. You know, and that, but that's how they deal with it. But I think, like you said, with those two different types of, of grief, like kind of finding out, like finding uh, out. Yeah, those things. two different types of lost timelines. Yeah, yeah lost times. And yeah. you never want, I mean, to me, you never want a situation where you create that other t- type of lost timeline, that sudden lost timeline yeah. for somebody. And, yeah. and and that's what happened. It was created. It was like, what, what yeah. she's gone? I, I, I didn't even know she was sick. What? So right. it was like. Right. So so how did, okay, so I know. I'm gonna get back to the other question, but 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 we're into something right here. Mm-hmm. How did that? How did the family react? To oh that? come on, what was you the, you can imagine. I mean, you know, you know how that went. Oh my goodness! And 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 I think it I think it simmered down now. Pandemic. I think it simmered down now, but you know, you can imagine how that. I went. don't. I don't even know if they're going to. And and just a quick some background information. My mom did not want a service. Um, so, uh, she wanted a celebration. celebration of life and not just, you know, cause a lot of people call fumes celebrations of life. And she's not even you know, from, black. and she's not even from New Orleans, baby. <laughs> nah, that, that's, that's how they do it down there. They, I've seen right, it. The right. second line, the, 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 the t-shirts with your face on it. It's a party when you pass, it's a party. So that's what my mom wanted. Right, so yes, yeah, so, you're hosting, um, it is. A cookout. It's a cookout. Come on, moms. (laughs) Wow. Wait a minute. That's crazy. I mean, with with one rule. With one rule. Under, and this is laid down by my mom. Under no circumstances, absolutely not, (laughs) are you to run out of food. Now, see, that's my kind of woman right there. Or drink, oh. or drink, or drink, or drink, <laughs> or drink. Do not run out of food and do not run out of drink. Wow. <laughs> that is, wow. That, yada. So, I remember you sent me the, you sent me the flyer, James, and I said, woman wants a cookout. I love it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, I mean, what's the, what's the average cost of a funeral? Casket, all that. I mean, just, I'm asking you, because. Mm. It could be uh, range. Okay. Just give me a range. 
a range over ten thousand. Over ten thousand. Ain't nothing less than Absolutely. ten thousand dollars. So uh, so my mom I mean, was like unless you getting cremated or something. Yeah. You know. So my mom was like, take that that ten plus grand and put it on food and, and drink and have a party for everybody that and knew. Have me. a party. Mm-hmm. I was like, right on. <laughs> That I mean, that's 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 awesome. So you think that side of the family they gonna come? I was there when my dad when we started sending out the text messages. Um, and my dad's not, a, you know, he's pretty good on technology, but he had me send a lot of them to the to the relatives, to his uh, siblings, to my aunts and uncles. Um, I don't know. I think some of them will come. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them aren't local. Um, so I don't know. Um, we have a whole bunch that live in North Kakalaka. So, um, so yeah, I I think some of them will come. I know my dad's eldest sister, who's kind of become the the matriarch of his family. Um, I'm pretty sure Aunt Dean will come, right, Brax? Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but, 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 you know, it's interesting though. And I got to call my mom. Sorry, I'm about to call you out a little bit. Mom, Brass, I don't know if you got this, but I got that mom orchestrated a lot of what people knew and what people didn't know as well. Yes. Mm. Um, With her friends, it was very... uh, we, we We had family meetings about this. We did. About what could be told... And what could not be told. I, I, pro- I promise and, you, DiCarlo, this was run like a project. This, the whole, whole passing, <laughs> it was literally run wow. like a project with with regular meetings, updates, and it, it was um, copious note taking. Yes, we even had a, <laughs> get, a this down. get this down. Oh, we had a Google Sheets uh, that that we had a to Google up. Doc? Yeah, Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We had a Google Doc site that we had to update. Complete with tabs, mm-hmm. different tabs, like phone tree tabs as to when, what, you know, the who starts the phone tree when, when she does transition. Um, medication, of course, the, the extensive medication list that she was on. Um, yeah, it was very, it was project managed. <laughs> so, and I think wow. that... And I think it all tied into the to the grief process because it's like to to be exposed to these tasks every day is you're facing that okay there's an endpoint to this and it's it's mm-hmm. it's something that you know you can't push you can't push to the back of your mind you have to you have to deal with deal. it you have to yeah. accept it and at the same time it's actually getting things done that in other situations I have seen have caused uh, conflict and arguments amongst family members. Some, you know, with the person still there before they pass and some after. So, you know, all that was, was kind of taken into account. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we we're, we're grieving through it. You know, it's, 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 it's a process. So it was part of, you know, it being so um, systematically put together helped us i will I, w- I would say well i'm speaking for me it helped me absolutely you know i wonder if and and i you you all probably have the answer to this you you may not i wonder what grief mom went through uh upon hearing her diagnosis 
and if that is why she orchestrated the things so how she wanted them um yeah um you know you know what i mean because i think what i and i and maybe this is just me and i and again i can only speak for myself i never actually put thought to the the grief the ongoing grief of someone that has been given a diagnosis of death you know and when it could happen if it's six months or if it's 12 months uh, you know uh five months or three or not knowing when but knowing that your end is coming so it kind of makes me wonder what state of of grief you know what her mindset was you know we were we were actually given some materials from the the caseworker and some of those materials were for us and they kind of one of there was one it was a pamphlet it wasn't even a long book and um i was able to read it and my sister got on me cuz she read it long before i did said what you didn't read this you need to read this <laughs> so so i oh you're talking about the ho- the hospice um yes y- yeah the hospice pamphlet yeah i forget the name of it the carl do you know the name of that hospice pamphlet that everybody gets Mm-mm. But it, I haven't, yeah. yeah, I haven't had hospice like head on uh, and experience with that. But it walked through, um, it walked through that person's stages and what you're going to see, and it was almost like textbook. I mean, of course they have, Crazy. they have the disclaimer statement in the beginning of the pamphlet, like everybody does this differently, but this is what is commonly seen. And you know, to to address your question, yeah, we saw her own personal grief. Um, come out in stages like some of those stages include like long periods of just silence you know there's there's no no tv on nothing just but they're awake so long periods of silence is like and this is the book said or the pamphlet said that this is them processing through you know that that they'll be leaving this world as they know it you know this is they're they're just going through those processes and then they said there's a withdrawal and then part of that withdrawal was was as James said, my the communication block that my mom implemented. Like you know, this is not you know not on my father's side, but with her friends, it's like okay, there's only a few people that I I really want to know because you know the the cards and the flowers kept pouring in, and after a while, she was like, okay, I'm I'm good, I'm good. Um, and so I I think you know that that speaks to her 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 own personal grieving process. You know the dealing with um um this end of life thoughts and things like that. Right. Do you, I, and this is a question for both of you. There's a moment. Uh, and I don't know if everyone goes through this moment cause everyone deals with grief differently, uh, upon hearing certain types of news and, you know, stages and all those different things. I know there was a moment for me where I came to peace with knowing, you know, that my dad was going to transition. Um, When did you both come to that moment of peace or did you even get to a moment of peace prior to her death? I can definitely take this one. Mine is for both of us, James. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'll take it first. <laughs> this is this is going to sound crazy. 
I first came to peace with um, my mom's mortality when I found out, as an adult, that my mother was a breast cancer survivor. And wait a minute. I was going to also Yeah, ask wait a minute. You, I got questions. Prior health was there prior was there other, uh, prior health conditions that mom went through? Okay, now you're answering both of those questions. You're going to have to explain so go ahead, James. You're going to have to explain this one James because there was a huge gap between I'm talking what like like almost tw- like t- 15 years when you found that out I'm, and when mom probably, probably more than and when mom passed, so you were dealing with that mortality like 20 years prior no, it's tw- 20 years. to 20, 20, 20 years, years prior to, yeah, I remember that discussion. I remember tw- that. 20 one. years. Um, so, uh, yes, we neglected to tell everyone that our mother was a 40-year breast cancer survivor. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our mother, uh, and, and breast cancer ran has run rampant through our family her mother died of it young my her her my great aunt my mother's sister uh, my mother's aunt so my grandmother's sister had breast cancer all of my mother's friends that grew up in the small town in west virginia Hmm. um, have had it Hmm. Hmm. They've all had it. Every last one of them, DeCarlo. I'm going on had, over there. Have had something was in the water. That part. Um have have had breast cancer uh in the you know, coal mining state of West Virginia, but that's a whole nother conversation. <clears throat> DuPont. And when Sorry. and so Did that come uh, out? We don't really know. <laughs> we Brad. don't really know. Sorry, no, I'm, you're gonna lose when? corporate sponsors. <laughs> Look, we, we don't ain't really got know. those yet. <laughs> it's fine. DeCarlo, we we don't we don't really know when our mother had breast cancer. I can't tell you the exact date, but all I know is my sister was an infant. Mm-hmm. I was three or four, and Braxton was that would have made Braxton six or seven. So my mother had got diagnosed with breast cancer with babies, three babies. And she had a mastectomy and, and and kept it and hid it from us for until we were grown. Until but we were dad grown. knew about this. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he had to. Oh, now this kind of changes the tables now because yes, now it, it kind of helps. Me oh, because we're talking about out. everything. We talking it kind of helps me figure out why he did what he did. Family too. secrets. Wow. <laughs> Wow. So, so yeah. So my mom didn't tell anyone. She didn't tell anyone because she told us in that family meeting that happened to over twenty years ago. She told us she didn't want anyone to feel sorry for her. Like that was her biggest request, and that's why she kept it to herself. She and she and she even admitted it was wrong to her detriment. Like it was completely wrong. Her internalizing having a mastectomy at 30 years old um, or 30 years young um, or 31 or 32 hour, however young she was. It was too, it was very young um, because of what so she, she went through anyone. with her mom. Correct. And losing her at such, such a young age. So, 
So, and but one thing she did always promise her mother, she said she promised her mother on her deathbed that she would always take care of her health. Um, so that's why her mother was a huge health care, preventative health care advocate, always was, always uh, went to the doctor and stuff like that. So to answer your question to Carlo, that that hit me harder than this can than this terminal cancer diagnosis when i found out that i could have grown up without having a mother hmm. if i would have lost my mother at 3 years old i would have never known my mother mm-hmm. so that's when it hit me 20 years ago so to to so to answer your question i was actually prepared in a very strange way i was prepared for this because I, I did my grieving 20 years ago when I was in my early 20s and my mom dropped that bomb on us. So when this happened for me, I felt like I was ready. It's, it was, it's the weirdest feeling. I don't know. Braxton, what do you say? Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's news to me, James. You didn't. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't tell. I, yeah. Yeah. It's the first time I ever talked about it. Okay. Um, with me. Uh, DiCarlo, your question was the the coming to coming to terms, peace. being at the peace. Terms, the peace. Yeah. yeah. Um, when are you there? Um, to me, it came after she passed, like pretty soon after she passed. Um, like I I I DJ online, I stream on uh and on this platform called Twitch. And, uh uh-huh. go ahead and do the plug. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. You can catch me, DJ Brax, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I got a show called Summer Yacht Life. It was developed during with the pandemic. Two X's. Yeah, with two X's. Two X's. Brax with two X's. That's right. DJ Brax with two X's. <laughs> Find me on on Twitch. Um my, live streaming, live streaming. So so yeah, we um the the well let me back up a little bit can i is that all right take your time okay all right so so um pandemic hits i go completely virtual and i have an opportunity to get back into djing because i'm completely virtual so it's like all right i start djing this is like uh march 2020 um i'm djing on instagram you know what what d nice started um God bless D Nice for that because he opened the door for so many DJs to mm-hmm. to to get out there and do it. So we're doing it on Instagram. Um but we don't we don't have that that D Nice magic, <laughs> which means that Instagram would cut us off after an hour. Or if we play certain copyright material like Michael Jackson, MJ is instant whoop, your stream is cut. D Nice did not have that. He had that D Nice magic. So anyway, so that constituted the transfer of, you know, I'm, I'm playing for people. I call the show summer yacht life. I'm talking about traveling to distant locations because nobody can travel. No one can do anything like that. Um, so we transfer over to Twitch, which is another platform. It's a gamer platform and DJs start taking over there because there's, it's like, um, it's unrestricted. You know, we can play whatever we want. We can go for as long as we want. So we, you know, we have followers that came from Instagram to Twitch 
And even when we got on Twitch, we got even more followers. I'm meeting like all D- DJs like from all over because it's kind of like the the playing field got leveled with with um, with quarantine. No one could go into clubs anymore. No one could do anything like that. So we're all on Twitch. But the thing is, as we're going through this, you know, summer 2020, um, going into um, 2021, we're there and we're talking. You know, we're we're there for the music. Everybody came for the music um, because, you know, we it, it's fun because we as DJs can play pretty much whatever we want. We don't have to to play like the 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 top 20 songs you hear on the radio, which people listen to on their way to the club and then want to hear it again in the club. And we got to answer to promoters. So we're playing everything I'm playing. I'm touching all genres. I'm like soca, Afrobeat, country, um, Baltimore Club, Baltimore Club, Go Go, uh, uh, EDM House. The calls from Pete. The calls from Pete uh, DC. So okay, all right, PG DC. So 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 you know so a lot of people are coming for the music. They're like, wow, you know these DJs are opening up their crates and they're coming for the music and everybody's rocking for the music. But these people are showing up every day because what else? There's no place to go. You know, everybody's quarantined, kind of like that's how D-Nice got his crowd. We're just, might as well just rock together. So after a while, um, we started to really become familiar with these people that we've never met. You know, and they're, they're listening from all over the world, from, from the UK to Australia, all across the US. And we're, we're getting really familiar with these people because we're seeing them every day. We don't see them. They see me, but I don't see them, but I see them in the chat. And, you know, you get to learn personalities. And after a while, you know, you you develop relationships with these people and you develop trust. And with that trust, people start to get into more personal things, you know, because it's we're, we're going through we're going through a we're going through a crisis with with pandemic we're going through a trauma that that nobody is 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 exempt from everybody's going mm-hmm. through it in one way Everyone or the, or the yeah so mm-hmm. what we began to realize as time passed that we were here for the music but we're talking about things like a support group and you know as as time passed you know things happened good things happened like you know people people's sons or daughters graduated and got accepted into schools bad things happened um family members were lost to 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 covid um and other reasons um and but yet we come there we would come on they would come into the chat and we would go to other djs that we you know kind of rock with in our family and we would share these things we would process through these things and um and i'm i'm i want to tell more about this but i want to answer your question so you know it it my time came my time came where all right brax is going through something right now and mm-hmm. um it was it was a difficult it, that day you know that my mom passed and you know we we went through some of the stuff Right there at the house, my my sister came. Everybody came, and we 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 processed through some of that day one stuff that we going into action and just talking. And well, no, 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 we didn't. No, we ate. We ate, and we remembered. We ate. We ate. We ate, we ate and we remembered because because it's like <laughs> we we have 
I, you know, me being with my mom the longest, I know what she, what she wants and what she expects from me, from my brother, from the whole family. We know, we know that there's no question. So, um, it, I was going home and I w- and I was thinking, you know, it was, uh, it was a Monday and I was thinking, okay, this is usually when I, I, it's my show time. I was like, should I go on? You know, should I do my stream? Can I go on? Can I even do it? And there was no question about what my mom would want. Said, Absolutely, bro. Absolutely, Brax. He's like, this is your love. This is your passion. Go on. So I went on and I was playing like, like house music. I needed something like really meditative. So I, pl- I was playing Deep House. And then at the end, um, I played one of her one of her favorite songs. <laughs> I, I did a little house mix of it. It's called Function at the Junction by Shorty Long. <laughs> okay. So at the end, I, I played that and then, you know, I, I shared the news with my with my viewers. It was right right before I was about to go off and say, you know, it's I'm gonna need some time. I'm gonna be out for a little bit. So they, you know, and just the love poured in. The love poured in. Oh my in. gosh! Like crazy. Yeah, they you know they they started. They, Twitch has a system where it's it's set up to, and you should consider going on here, bro, because it's not. It started off as gamers, and then it's expanded to DJs. Now it's anybody who has any content. So consider. We'll we'll talk about it. But um, there there's a a reimbursement system where you can tip the streamers. You know, right there, and it goes like like TikTok. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, can actually okay. tip, tip, and subscribe to them, and and the the, the streamers get paid. Um, and um, you know, they, they just started supporting, supporting, throwing all sorts of uh, tips at me, and you know, I broke down. I was like, you know, we don't we don't hide stuff. You know, we've been rocking for e- you know each other for uh you know, over a year to almost two years online, and it's like, yo, this is this is real. So, right. Um, so after that. And I know I'm I've I've gone like <laughs> all fine. around the states to get back to your question. I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> but um, but after that, you know, some of the the people that I rocked with the closest on on Twitch, like some of the other DJs and some, you know, just a few of my my uh, my followers, um, had my personal number and they reached out to me, and and the thing I kept saying is. I'm good because I kept repeating the same phrase. There was nothing left unsaid, nothing left undone. And that's how I feel. Um, mm. it, you know, it, that just goes back to the, the amazing stories that, that, that James shared with Costa Rica, but there's so many in life that were, that we've had. So, so, th- so it's like, it's like, that's a full life, you know, that, that, full. that you live, Mrs. Toller. And, there's nothing left unsaid, you know. I told you I loved you, time and time again. So, and that's and that that helped me be at peace. That helped me be at peace. Um, then that's we, to answer your the question. Carlo, the Carlo, we lost mom the day after her seventy fourth birthday. Wow. Kind of like she stayed around. She stayed around for it. I mean, but that was like a full circle around the sun. Like yes. You, she was able to end a chapter and start and, anew. And everyone was there on her birthday. Her grandkids. 
uh, which yeah, the day before her, my mom. Yeah, the day before her brother. No, that was on her birthday. Yeah, the day before yeah, she her passed. Brother. Yeah. Right. Um, my mom. One of my mom's wishes, um, because her her mother was kind of robbed of this, um, that she wanted all of her grandkids to know who she was, because mm-hmm. my brother was. A, a toddler when my grandmother died. My sister and I weren't born, so we never met her. Um, and so Braxton doesn't remember her. So that was zero her, memory. That was her wish, unfortunately, zero memory of of our grandmother. Um, and the Carlo, let me tell you, she was specific to the very last day. She's like, I want scallops and shrimp. <laughs> I want a a lemon cake. Come on, lemon, a specific flavor. <laughs> <laughs> to the last day and, and and she actually ate um you know didn't eat well but she 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 got her scallops and shrimp and ate um and uh oh one of the most touching moments actually on her birthday i was sitting next to her and my nephew who everybody calls my twin because we look just alike um he was what a couple weeks away from turning what four Braxton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple yep. weeks uh, away from turning four. Um, his older sister, my niece Bailey, she she was a little spooked out, you know, because that's that that they call her Graham with an M. Um, so that you know that wasn't her Graham as she knew her, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Parker, three years old, crawls up on the bed. And then just nestles himself right next to her as if he knew that was it. Mm. It it was the most amazing thing. Like I like broke down. Like I had to turn my head. And I was like whimpering because I couldn't believe what I was. Ugly face saying. crying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we lost her November 15th of uh, 2001. Her birthday is November 14th of yeah, nineteen forty seven. So she she saw seventy three. She was determined, mm. <laughs> and she wanted all she wanted to see all of her family. And we were all there. Um, we were all there. In fact, my brother's my brother's girl actually taped the the happy birthday. I haven't. I that's the one thing I can look at pictures. I can hear my mom's voice, but I have not been able to go back and watch the the final happy birthday. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to. You will. Um, You'll get to a place. You gotta give yourself time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You, you definitely gotta give yourself time because that is more surreal because you were there, right? You know, and you know what took place thereafter. You know. Yeah. Uh, I always tell people give yourself give yourself time, and you'll do it when when you need to. I mean, that's just like you're my right. dad's you're, phone you're number. You're probably right. Yeah. My dad's phone number and messages that I have. Are still in my phone. Oh yeah, you know, I got lots uh, of them. Oh yeah, you know, oh yeah. Voicemails, them things. Oh yeah. And he's been gone since 2018. Them things ain't going nowhere. Nope. I mean, oh. one time I I slipped up and called them, and I realized, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, dad, right. you know, like he's not here. I can't, you know, call him and, and see how he's doing. Well, well, how did that happen? Did you just hit the wrong button or did you just like, oh. oh no, I, di- I did it on purpose because I forgot. Mm. I, I you forgot. know what? And at mm. one, one time I, I knew that he wasn't here, but I, I 
didn't believe it. So I was like, let me just call. And this was like, this was I forget after a his, lot. his passing. This was like, this he wasn't even in the ground yet. This was like after his passing. I was like, no, nah, this ain't. I was like, no, nah, this ain't real. And, and I realized he's not there. And I wasn't there. I... We were all at the hospital, and the thing was, the he died on Valentine's Day. So, um, the day that they said there was nothing else for him to, you know, the, the people said there was nothing else for, for them that they could do for him. So, we all decided as a family, you know, okay, well, then let's take him off life support. They said if he breathes and he fights for his life, then we'll consider other options. But it's a chance that you may lose him. And so we took him off. The man slept. He, because of the nature of the stroke and what it did to his nervous system, he was not, he wasn't up. He was sleeping. So it was almost as if he slept without being tubed for a day. Um, he slept. We, we were in there. It was almost as if we were like waiting for that moment to happen. And it never, ever happened. And, um, it wasn't until we said, well, you know what, if he's going to decide that he wants to go, he must don't want us here. And that's what we kind of chalked it up, you know, to being my grandmother, his mom, she stayed, she didn't want to leave. She was like, no, I'm not going to leave. And that's why, you know, for me, the reason why she acted the way that she acted was also tied to some things that were not said between my dad and her. Because they always didn't see eye to eye, if that makes sense. Um, so after we left, we got downstairs on the street. She calls us frantically. He was gone. So she was there for, you know, for that process. Um, but it's, it's just, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. This whole thing is just interesting to hear. <laughs> it is. And, and I appreciate you sharing that part about the call. Um, mm -hmm. that's kind of a little bit of, of confirmation because I, I kind of knew that, Hey, that's normal, but it's also, you know, for you to share it is confirmation and, and validation. Um, uh, because, because I, at, at 18, I, I left the house. I went down to Atlanta for school and then from Atlanta went to, uh, uh, um, overseas to Italy and Spain. So I've always pretty much been gone the whole time. So it's like, there's a lot of time that I did not see my mom. So, but it's become, you know, it would just become the norm for my life. So after she passed, it's like, I'm almost like at least every week it's like, Oh, you know, it's like business as usual because I'm not used to seeing her and like, Oh, she's there. And then it's like, Nope, Nope, Nope. She's not, or at least she's, right. or at least she's not there as you know her. So, I'm like, ah, uh, okay, yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, it, it it happens. It happens a lot. And I guess yeah, James, I, you I go mean, through it too, especially because I was gone. I was I'm I was used to her just being like, right. like you know, uh, like like remote. I was used to her being out remote. out there. You know, there I can pick up the phone anytime I want to to call it. But I'm not I'm not going to see her for like you know. Sometimes it would be months. So mm -hmm. yeah. You know what blows my mind, though? Um, thank you for bringing that up, Braxton. Just 
I, you know, I believe that this was truly divine intervention because my brother was gone for upwards of 25 years. Um, <laughs> like, the man was um, busy. No, this guy. He was busy. Very, very, very busy. So to have him. 2017. Right. In 2017, you know, when there was no sign of anything, yeah. Braxton moved back to the area. Braxton hadn't lived here since DiCarlo before you were born. And I'm going to call you out because of your young age. Um, I was 91. I'm 30 years old. Gosh. Braxton Braxton has not lived, had not lived in Maryland since Since 91. Since 91. Okay. Well, that's fine. Son, I left. So I left. I left because of you, son. (laughs) No. You know what? That's the end of this. <laughs> well, that's another podcast. You can edit that part. Right. Oh, no, that's staying in there. Oh, I'm not editing nothing. This is all staying in here. Oh, man. Just no, this jokes, is good. Just no, no, no. I just think that it was just divine intervention that my brother just happened. It was like right after um, I got married in 2017 and Braxton, you know, for one reason or another move back to the area. So Braxton, it was, I get chills thinking about it because, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but if I look back, everything was in preparation mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. such a time as this. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought everything, that up. Everything, mm-hmm. all of the chess pieces, come on, God, all of the chess pieces that were moved into place because, for, for, for this time, um, I think we'd be talking a different story if Braxton was not oh, here or did not live here, yeah. um, you know, in the last several years of my mom's life. Mm-hmm. Um, Braxton has a relationship with his niece and nephew, nieces and nephews, um, yeah. you know, and they, they, they only knew him as far away uncle, right? Um, Our transient uncle B. And, <laughs> right, exactly. So... All of that, that time, you know, I have to thank, I have to thank God for that, for just that time with mom, everything that got put into place, um, like for, and like they would go visit, they would go, uh, like my brother, excuse me, my mom, dad, and my sister would go visit my brother, but I wouldn't travel for Mm. a whole nother story in itself. As to why I was not traveling internationally, but that's a whole nother show. Um, but uh, the fact that the whole family was together yeah. for the last four, four years, and a half, four years, four years, yep. four years mm-hmm. of my mom's life, um, it and wasn't nothing, my ha- and nothing made her happier when than when we would just randomly show up at the house, the three of us, um, over those four years. And that was that was just her 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 joy right there. Like, oh, all yeah. my kids are finally here. I was like, well, you're talking about me, mom. I know, because <laughs> I was the one that was gone. I was like, yes, we're here. And and that would happen like so many times, just randomly, which would would never be possible with me living in in Europe and places like that. So, mm-hmm. so yes. Yeah, but you what you know what I find so um, so interesting is, and it's kind of like bringing it kind of full circle for you Brax is 
although you were gone and you 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 were working and you were gone, uh, mom graced you with her last breath, being that you were her first child. When Woo! when when um you know you know when when like after like I said when I st- when all these messages started coming in from um uh. from my people on Twitch. And, you know, and, and I, and I, you know, some of them, like they wanted to know this was my, this is my, my, my social circle now. And they wanted to know the details. And, and I told them that and almost every one of them said the same thing. It's like, she chose you for that last moment. It's, it's, um, it's, it's like, um, and it's, take it time, James. It uh no, it's fine, Jace, because you're not gonna make me get teary yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, I think about uh, mm. when my grandmother passed, my mom's mm-hmm. mom, and um, my uncle was the only one in the room, and that happened to be her baby, mm. uh, her last mm. child. It was my mom is the eldest, and my uncle, and then my uncle Tony was is the youngest, and he so happened to be the one in the room. In the hospital, uh, we were coming back uh, because there were people that wanted to visit my grandmother. And uh, it was almost as if she was like holding on and holding on until these people came because they said they were coming. And we didn't know when they were coming. And when they left uh, and we walked back, he was in the room and she was no longer there. And it's just interesting how sometimes... uh, and I even look at with my dad and, and my grandmother uh, why he chose for her to be in the room to see when he transitioned. And I sometimes it's I, I think that it, it's, it's, a, it's a sign of love. You know, um, it's also a sign of whatever has not been said. Um, it has already had been said, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and my uncle is not the type of he doesn't talk much. He doesn't say much. So you never really know what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for him to be in that room, that was for him. That wasn't for us. Right. You know, and so <laughs> it, it, it's just amazing that 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 you saying Absolutely. everything that you're saying and here that you've been away to to put that back to you being there is just amazing. Hearing about and knowing about the character of of your mom, and all, although I met her once, she was vibrant, hilarious, yeah. and 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 I will say this, Braxton, when you showed up on that screen, I kind of got a little stuck yes. because I yes. you look just like your mom, I and I was just I like, ooh, <laughs> I was like, okay, let me get my mind right yeah. because like I I, yeah. I I looked at you and I said. <laughs> yep. No, no mistake in whose child I am with that. Yeah. But, but, yeah. No, it's, it's, but hold, hold up, James, because because he talked because yeah, yeah, sure. he talked about mom's character, and I made a comment earlier that I got to clear up. I gotta, I gotta clear up up her character. <laughs> Go ahead, clear up. Uh, and James, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you take the, I'm gonna let you take the second part of this. So we need to clear up. Okay. We need to clear up the convict uh, title, and we need to clear up the trafficking title. <laughs> So let me, I'm sorry, I just got it. It's it's a little, you know, we're talking about my mom, so it's a little bit of a comedic uh, break here. So mm-hmm. as James had mentioned, my, my family had gotten an opportunity to visit me while I was overseas. So um, there was a time that my sister and I were living in Germany and we were working there. And this was my mom's first opportunity to go to Europe. So we pretty much opened Europe up 
up to her. We're like, you know, just get a flight. And once you get there, we'll give you a place to sleep. We'll give you food to eat. We'll give you beer and wine to drink. So, so they came over to Germany and this is, this was summer of 2005. And, um, we, you know, they were there for three weeks, so they wanted to get in as much as possible, not just Germany, because in Europe, especially with Germany, it's essentially located. You can travel around to different countries um, fairly easy by, by car. So one weekend we went up to um, Amsterdam. We went up to um, the Netherlands. It's about like a four, four hour drive from, from where we were in Germany. So we were there, had a great weekend. Um, we were there with some coworkers and one of uh, my coworkers had her little brother was visiting too. So he in that, in that weekend had lost his license. He just lost it somewhere in Amsterdam. Um, of course, while in up in Amsterdam, we were partaking in some of the good stuff up there, you know, so if you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, yeah, we can talk about it. We're, we're in Maryland we're, or I'm in Cali. These are two yeah. states where it's, yeah. it's legalized. So I know what you mean. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> good. Cool. So. So Wonder where the ghosts can get it. So, so <laughs> on the way coming back, um, you know, we, we had like a, a little caravan. There were like four, four cars. Um, we, I, I'm bringing back some, some space cake with, you know, per my mom's request. She's like, bring some of that space cake back. It was good. Cause that's what they called it back then. Now we call it edibles. But anyway, um, we crossed the, <laughs> we, we crossed the, we crossed the border. Cause, cause she's like, all right. Yeah. I, I'm bringing it back. I was like, okay, cool. No problem. We crossed the border. We're over at Germany. And then we, as soon as we crossed the border, we pull into a gas station to get gas for the rest of the trip. <clears throat> um, so while we're there at the gas station, um, we fill up our, our tanks, our friend who, who had her brother, her little brother with her, they, she, he filled up their tank, but then he moved the car. He, you know, just we're, we're in the other people in there getting snacks and stuff. He moved the car away from the pump. He just drove it away a little bit away. And, um, I'm still at the pump. And then all of a sudden I see like all my friends and my father sitting on the curb with, with these two, two guys like standing next to him. So I was like, uh, okay. I was like, like, what's going on? We, we, we about ready to go. We finished fueling up. My mom and my sister were in my car while I was filling it up. So I go over there and the guy's like, um, um, are you with them? Are you, is this, this your car? I was like, all my German that I knew went out the window. I was like, I don't understand what you're saying, bro. He's like, you need to speak English. He's like, if you want to communicate with me. Of course, I knew exactly what he was saying. But, and then he, then he pulled out a little coin out of his pocket and showed me a coin. I was like, what, Euro? I was like, I got Euro. What, what are we going to do? What, what, we, what, what you trying to do? We try to roll on the curb? And my, my dad was like, he was like doing the, the, the cut sign across his throat, like in the serious face, like, stop, stop, stop. And everybody like, <laughs> so, and then, and then the guy pulled back his coat and he showed a gun. I was like, all right, well, it, it, are we about to get robbed? I was like, you, you robbing me for my Euro? He's like, no, we are police officers. We are looking for drugs coming from the Netherlands. I was like, all right, cool. He's like, is that your car over there? I was like, yeah, that's my car. Um, you need to pull it over here so we can search it. So I go back over and, and I'm going to kind of end up this, well, wrap up the story. 
But I go back over and I tell mom, I was like, okay, those they're sitting over there because those are undercover police. We just crossed the border and um, you you brought some space cake back with you and they may they may look for it. <laughs> so because it was legal in the Netherlands, but not legal in Germany. So my mom was like, okay, well, what should I do? Should I do? Should I start crying? Should I start like the tears, the waterworks? <laughs> No, she didn't. No, I was like, if, if whatever you think will work, mom. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to find your space cake. <laughs> so, who do you think I get the dramatics from, DiCarlo? <laughs> so, so we pulled the car over. She's up there crying, like, oh, I'm not American. I'm just here visiting my son. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> and they're like, it's okay, ma'am. It's okay, ma'am. This is just a, a routine search. So, so long story short, um, you know, they, they find the space cake, but, you know, they, they got to take it back to the lab and analyze it. They found some weed, like, a, a, I think it was like a, a a good amount, like a good amount of maybe like a quarter pound of uh, <laughs> a QP of, of weed that my friend's sister had brought back with her. And Oh, um, my. But check this out. They said, all right, what we're going to do is there's a fine. It's 450 euro. And you have to pay it right now or we take you to the station and process you. So everybody went to the ATM, pulled out money because you can only pull out certain amounts. So we got up 450 euro. We paid the fine and then they let us go. So here, here's how the fine was broken down. Because remember, keep in mind, my friend, uh, little brother had lost his license, but he moved the car. The fine breakdown was 25 euro for possession of marijuana and 425 euro for driving a car with no license. (laughs) Dang, sir, where your money? (laughs) He literally moved the car away from the pump. And I was like, that's how y'all roll here, whatever. At least we, it's like, mom, you get to keep your space cake. So you're now officially. I was about to ask, did she get her cake back? Oh yeah, she did. Yeah. So, Mom, you you have officially trafficked drugs across uh, across international borders. <laughs> international borders. So, oh my goodness, that is a good story. I, I have one last story. Um, that's the uh, convict mom getting locked up. Yeah. Mom, yeah, convict story. Locked so up. So my parents, <laughs> my parents got married right out of undergrad. Um, in fact, uh, they got married on. August 2nd, 1969. Um, my dad's birthday was August 4th. And for their honeymoon, they didn't go anywhere. They moved from West Virginia to New York City. Okay. Because my dad um, had gotten... Uh, Newark. Yeah. Newark. Newark. No, he had to go okay. to New York first. Anyway. So my dad had gotten an incredible opportunity with IBM right out of undergrad. Um, so that's where they went. So my mom, um, became a teacher because that's what, that, that was what she did professionally, uh, for 30 plus years in Montgomery County. But before they moved to Maryland, they lived in Newark, New Jersey. So my mom became a teacher and, uh, there was a teacher strike, I think my mom's first year. So my mom was, mind you, 22 years old, moving from West Virginia, rural West Virginia, to the greater New York metro, <laughs> the greater New York metropolitan area, <laughs> and so 
they were, uh, so the teachers went on strike, you know, fair wages, better pay, you know, all that. Right. So my mom had befriended um, my Aunt Kathy, who's like blood, but because um, their classroom's right next to each other. Aunt Kathy, when they went out on strike, Aunt Kathy did not carry a picket sign. <laughs> they weren't arresting, they weren't arresting folks that didn't carry picket signs. So my Aunt Kathy knew the wherewithal to not carry a picket sign. But, you know, my mom, being the social activist that she is, and she was all for better wages, even though this was her first year teaching. So she was like, oh, I got a great job and, you know, benefits and stuff. Um, My mom picketed with the sign, and then the cops rolled in. And who do you think got the front cover of the newspaper as they are handcuffed, as she is handcuffed, stepping on the the uh, police, op- like resisting arrest, stepping on the police officer's foot. The picture, it's a, it's a great picture. And you can see in the back of the picture, my Aunt Kathy with her crocodile tears crying, talking about, that's my sister. <laughs> they looked at my mom, you know, who is as light as I am, and my Aunt Kathy is very brown-skinned. Your sister, right. Um, so here to Carlo is the picture oh we bo- of my mom getting... <laughs> That's funny how we both brought it up at the same time. As, oh as my, my mom getting getting <laughs> taken away, looking like Angela Davis. Yes, with that piece on her. Yes. Oh, yeah, with her fro underneath. Come yep. on. So, the protest. So that... And, and that's, that's the, the DNA that we came from. So Wow. <laughs> this is good. It's like... It, it, you know what it it feels like um this this feels like and and I didn't intend for this to feel this way but it feels uh it it feels more than just a tribute this feels more than just a eulogy you know it's a healing this, for me it, it, to carlo it, yeah it, it's a healing this, this is amazing because i i didn't know all of this you know about your mom but just to the, the testament again the testament of who she who she is i'm going to say who she is because her spirit you know it lives on through through you all and through her family it, it's just amazing just to hear all of this i have a question for you both um what because i I've, I've heard so many stories but if you could sum up what you learned uh not not just in the grieving process not upon learning what you learned early on james uh and then learning of her her latest diagnosis but just in general when you think of mom what have you learned that keeps you going every day You want to go, James, or I? Because I, I got. No, yeah, you take it first. You take it first. Okay, so um, just just an, another story of of who she was. Um, I, I don't know the exact years. Maybe it was like seven years before she retired from being a teacher in uh, Montgomery County. She had started a business um, named after us, B- BJE Handbags. And it was it was her passion. She she loved it. She made a little money on the side selling handbags. 
So fast forward seven years, she's about to retire, and she has literally grown this business while working both where her income as for BJE is now matching what she's getting as a teacher in in the business that she's grown. And she went on to do that 15 years after, you know, she retired to continue to grow this business. So I, you know, it, her entrepreneurial spirit is is so Absolutely. strong in me and just watching her and seeing that example of her lead this and grow this and you know and that I, it, it seems weird but that's the strongest thing that she has has left me and and she never gave up on you know something turning a passion monetizing a passion so it's like mm-hmm. you know it, it's it there's some things that I'm doing right now that I'm actually doing that but that's that's her influence and that's you know that in in I would say that and just being being kind to people, being kind. She she was always she she was a talker. She was social. She was a complete extrovert. So those are the things that that keep me going to, you know, just continue. It's like this is this, you know, part of it's me, but a lot of it's her. So it's like that's how her is living on through me doing the things because she always was so proud every time I would, you know, start a business venture. So that that's that's mine yeah i would say for me um uh, kind of going down the same road that braxton did um it's the it's the getting up and making every day worth it Mm -hmm. making every day count my mom lived the fullest life she did not stop in fact like I think it was the pandemic was the only thing that really slowed her down because this is a woman who, you know, like Braxton said, 15 years post-retirement, she would go to government agencies sometimes three, four days a week. So she had another full-time job after she could have easily just said, you know, after she retired because of her passion. Her passion took her all over the world. Her passion... Like and 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 to see to see passion like 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 Braxton said to see my mom take a passion and turn it into something that she could make money off of uh, is 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 what is is what is gonna last with me. My mom never quit. She never quit from as long as I can remember. My mom in the forty five years that I've been on this earth, she she never stopped. Um, even when she was tired, she never stopped. Um, so, so that's what I that's what I take. Yeah. Can Can I circle back? Because I know this is a free flowing conversation, but I want to circle back to a question that you previously asked about um, being at peace with um, you know with with my mom's passing, and um, you know I, I painted the the upside of the picture, but there's another side of the picture. So, and and this is it kind of goes back to to Twitch and like i said we started DJing but after a while you know people began to trust other people on this platform that we're using and people began to get into their passions like okay yeah i'm a DJ but you know like for me i'm a DJ but i also like to 
I also like to dive and I also like to help people out um, with financial education. But there were other DJs on there that I've become really cool with that were big into black male mental health. And, you know, they would start out DJing, but then as they began, you know, you trust your audience, they began to start to talk about these things. They began to start to talk about um, things that, that were close to them. Like one, one of my boys, DJ Prodigy, out of um, Baltimore, his father had passed um, through suicide because of depression. So he was big on like, hey, let's talk about these things. Let's, let's get it out there. Let's not you know, live behind that stigma. So be, it, it, being, it, it's just how things James said worked out perfectly, God's plan, that I'm in a, I'm in a community that's talking about these things as I go through one of the, you know, the, the, the toughest situations in my life. And so I'm, I'm in a situation and I'm constantly told that there's no way to grieve. There's no way to the no one particular path. So, you know, whatever comes, just let it happen. And so I talked about the good side, you know, telling people, Hey, there was nothing left unsaid, nothing left undone. But every now and then I get triggered. And when I get triggered, the tears just go. But I, I go with it. I, I go with it. Yeah. I, I cry until I smile. And then because it eventually comes, that smile eventually comes. I remember there was one time, um, it was during the Super Bowl. I was out here in L.A. We were DJing. Me and um, a partner of mine um, were DJing for the National Cancer Society. They were having an event uh, here in L.A. for the Super Bowl. And... Um, you know, I didn't, I thought nothing of it going there and, and playing the music in the opening. And then, so we played the music for the opening. It was a banquet. Sorry. So we sat down and they, they started the program and they started the program with the video and they started, it was an older black man who talked about, you know, his, his battle with cancer and, and hospitalizations. And I was on the side, tears were just flowing. I was like, where is this coming from? But I was like, nah, nah, nah. There's no question. There's no question. You you know where it's coming from. Just go with it. Fucking my friend was there. He's like, it's all right. Just let it go. Let it go. And I was like, it is all right. I'm gonna let it go. So it happens for it, me time to time. So um, it's it's crazy. Well, I wasn't done, James. Hold up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so so for so so for all y'all out there listening, especially black males, when it comes, let it, let it. And and, and, and don't and, and and you don't have to be apologetic about it. And if your friends, you know, your your other black male friends don't understand or, or look at you as weak, they're not your friends. And matter of fact, they you don't you don't need them. Matter of fact, I don't even think I think that narrative is, you know, with the younger generation and you know, to call it things like you doing things like this is pushing that that narrative away. And we are allowed to cry. We are allowed to express emotions as as black males. And that that has nothing to do with our masculinity. That has nothing to do with our security, our you know self you know image and things like that. So, yeah, I just wanted to bring that part back because it it hasn't been all rosy. It hasn't been like oh it's a total acceptance and I'm I'm in Zen. You know my mom is she's here but she's on another plane. No, there are times when you know I'm triggered and I struggle and I go through that. So, mm-hmm. right. My trigger my trigger was crazy. It was. First time I had been back to church since, you know, COVID. And it was crazy. So I was, you know, getting my praise on, doing praise and worship. And I turned and looked 
a couple of rows behind me and there was a woman in church that had the exact same hair color as my mother. And it's just, bah! like, it just, I didn't even know where it came from. Mm-hmm. All I saw was the hair color. Mm-hmm. Triggers are real. Triggers are real. Yeah. And like, like Braxton said, just, 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 just go with it. Go with it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. It, it is like an ocean. It, the, it, the grief does come in waves. You know, we hear that a lot. Sometimes you got to ride that wave out. No, every time you got to ride that wave out. There is nothing like family. There's also nothing like living life to its fullest. Mrs. Laverne lived a full circle life. Family, consider striving to leave nothing left unsaid and nothing left undone. Laverne Arnetta Martin Toller, we speak your name and honor you. Happy Mother's Day, our queen. You might join in grieving, but you're gonna come out healed. I love you and thank you.